Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. And welcome to this week's episode. I'm Laura Sturm. And I'm Josh Rohr. This is episode 18 of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast. Buckle your seatbelts. Eh. Anyway. We're going. Uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going whether, whether we are ready or not. Um, so we're going to do a quick little recap. Uh, we had the first uh, USA Powerlifting meet in Georgia since February. It was the USA Powerlifting Viking Strength Sports Veterans Day Open. It was two days part of the Savannah Strength Con. Um, so it was a pretty cool event, super big venue. Um, there was one platform of lifting up on a stage and that was pretty cool because you got to kind of see out over top of the, um, over top of the Highland games and the strongman um, from the stage. And then when you're in the audience, you got a really good view of being able to see the lifting and everything. So super cool setup. Uh, Nate and the Viking strength sports crew did a really good job running that. Um, and it was a lot of fun. So. Awesome. Uh, two thumbs up from Josh Rohr. If anybody cares, that means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we had some lifters lifting as well. We yeah, team. we, we had, yeah, we had five lifters lift. Um, everybody did a pretty good, everybody did a pretty good job. Um, uh, the, the, the one kind of surprise for me was, uh, one of the guys on our team, William, he pulled, I think a, it was something like a, something stupid, like a 20 or 30 pound deadlift PR, um, more than he's even done in training basically to get second place by body weight. Um, so kind of asked him like, Hey, you know, do you want to go for a PR or do you want to just, uh, you know, essentially swing for the fences and, you know, try to get second. He's like, Oh, let's go for second. And then he had a lot left. So, uh, we're going to have to, as coaches, we're going to have to kind of reevaluate his training a little bit because it appears he's been kind of undershooting what he's capable of in training. So, uh, pretty cool there. I do remember him from last year's, um, state meet yeah and i believe that was his first meet and kind of he i think he went nine for nine and they were all super easy so yeah and that's kind of kind of the same boat so, i mean his bench deal. was about was about his limit but his squat and dead, deadlift he still had some left so uh still don't really know what he can do but we need to start figuring that out because it's going to come down wow. to, yeah it's going to come down to needing to know sooner or later when he's got some people that are you know right there with him so mm, that was a good time to keep going Oh, yeah. All right. So we have some um, powerlifting situations. Hashtag PL situation. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And what those are, basically, we've been posting those for a long time on the Team Roar Instagram. And basically, every Tuesday, we post a new one. And basically, what we're looking for is, you know, we're creating a scenario of, you know, if this happens, how would you respond? And in, in most cases, there's not one right or wrong answer, but it's just kind of interesting to to get different people's perspectives. So we're going to kind of start going over those and kind of offering our input to them um, on the podcast. Awesome. All right. So here's the scenario. Are you ready? I'm right. ready. So it's coming down to third deadlifts. The weight on the bar is 240 kilograms. The coach of the person that you're competing against turns in a third attempt to lower the bar to 235 to beat you by two and a half kilos. Is this legal? So this was meant to be a little bit of a trick question just to get people to think. So no, this would not be a legal change. 
um, because the first part of this was we said the bar is already loaded to 240. And by powerlifting rules, you can never go down from the weight that's already loaded. And you can only go down to the weight that's loaded if you have a higher lot number than the person that is attempting that uh, current weight. So, so in this situation, no, um, dropping to 235 would not be a legal change. So if you're the person that's at the table and that coach hands you that attempt, what do you do? So basically in that situation, it would be, it's essentially the same as not turning in a change because it's an illegal change. So basically if I'm the, if I'm working the table, I'm probably going to be more dramatic about it. I'm just going to look my head at them and shake it in shame. Um, but basically it would just be, this is an illegal change and nothing stops. So the meat wouldn't stop. Everything would keep rolling because it's up to the coach to turn in a legal change in the correct amount of time. So for me, I would just hand it back to him and say, not a legal change and shake my head and Shame. make them feel bad. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> nice. Um, Can the coach yell, wait, wait, I have a change. I have a change. Don't. Yeah. They can all they want, but the meat doesn't actually stop and it's not official until the, until it's written on the card, signed and turned into the table. So somebody can be yelling and running across the room. It doesn't matter until that official attempt slip is, is dropped down on the table. It's not submitted because so the what expediter could say, Hey, wait, I have a change. Once, once it's, what are you saying? If the, I have been in that, um, that have refs chair, right? Yeah. And third, third deadlifts is that time where like the bar's loaded. I'm going to oh, say, I see what you're saying. Bar is loaded. So yes. Yes. To answer your, go ahead and finish your scenario. But right. Yes, so I, I know. if I'm, if you know, we're running through the meet and I'm the head ref and I'm saying, okay, bar is loaded. But right when I'm about to say bar is loaded, there's a, there's a uh, coach yelling, wait, wait, I've changed. And I'm ignoring them because they're, they're just a coach. And I'm saying bars loaded. Who stops me from saying bars loaded? So that would be the, the scoring table. So it's up to the scoring table to communicate to the chief referee that a change was submitted prior to the chief referee saying bars loaded. Right. So that, yeah, that's one of those things that that's why it's so important to have a clear communication strategy, I guess, during deadlifts, because, you know, you know, if, if your arm, if you're leaning in as the chief ref to say bars loaded, but right as you're about to say it, a change gets submitted onto the table. Well, you're still going to say bars loaded and, and, you know, the lifter is going to start to walk out, but the expediter should have been paying attention to see exactly when it was turned in versus when you said bars loaded. So in that scenario, if it was dropped on the table prior to you actually saying bars loaded, even though you say bars loaded, then the expediter jumps in and stops the chief referee and explains what just happened. So the change would still be counted at that point. So that's why there's, that's why sometimes it looks like there's a lot of confusion going on at a meet um, when those changes happen is because there is that little bit of a delay in the communication between the expediter and the chief referee. And those third deadlifts, it's always uh, super interesting and fun to be working the table or be head ref. <laughs> oh, I love it. And, and, you know, I, I like working. So I, I enjoy doing both, I guess, chief referee and the scoring table, but I really love it when, you know, the opposite of whichever I'm doing. So if I'm the score table, I love it when the chief referee comes to me and discusses, you know, what our communication strategy is going to be and, and vice versa. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, Kathy Mark Steiner is actually 
one that she, every time I'm working with her, like on the opposite end, she always comes to me. She's like, okay, so what's going to be our signal if there's a change or whatever. So it's Hold your like, earlobe. <laughs> they brisket. Right. Well, and, and some of the Just national meets, some of the national meets, the scoring tables back behind. So there is no clear mm-hmm. line of communication. So the new, the new referee lights that Scott Dobbins designed has a little button you can push that basically on the scoreboard then will flash uh, third attempt change. So it, it notifies, cool. it notifies the referee that, you know, there's been a change. Don't call bars loaded um, until it gets sorted out. And that's only going to be hit if it affects the lifter that's about to lift. So we're not going to stop the meet and have that flashing on the screen if it doesn't actually come into play for two more lifters, because that just throws off the, the current lifter. So mm-hmm. anytime you see that, that basically means stop everything because it's the orders changing or the weights changing for the next lifter. Right. I'm, su- I'm, I'm super nerding out right now. Sorry. You are like totally nerding out. Um, gosh, we're nerdy. So that's a stretch. Um, <laughs> so this was a post from um, the 3rd of November. Uh, yes. So, so we're, we're a couple weeks behind in, in explaining these, but uh, yeah, that was from the 3rd of November. Did um, everyone agree with what you had said? Um, so I didn't, I didn't give my answer. This is my official ah. answer. This um, is your I leave it open-ended and don't really give my uh, input until later. Um, so, so there you go. So there you go. The, the bomb is dropped. All right. So let's go over the next situation. So you get called for hitching on a PR attempt on your second deadlift. It was 277 and a half kilos. You get no lift two to one. You're hitching just a little bit. You've secured second place with your opener but the lifter in first was successful with their third deadlift of 260, which means now you need 285 kilos to win. So do you repeat 277 and a half for PR or do you go up to 285 and go for the win? Uh, this was actually interesting to see the responses. Personally, I think both of these are correct answers. Um, I, I guess where, where I would differentiate this is, I guess the lifter's experience level and that I guess, talk that we have prior to the meet that what's more important to you, uh, hitting a PR or placing. So in general, like at a local meet, I think the placing is less important. You know, the PRs and the experience are, are more important. Um, the higher level the meet, the more the placing matters to me. Um, but actually, we kind of talked about this exact scenario already with uh, William at the meet this weekend. Um, we decided to go for the for the placing um, and in this case, we were going for second, not first, but it, it still applied. Like he could have done a lot less and he'll still pulled a PR deadlift and a PR total, but we elected to go for um, the higher, I guess, swing for the fences a little bit and go for the, the placing. Um, so um, I, I think especially at, you know, higher level meets, the placing is really what matters, not the, not the lift or the total. Um, and, you know, the more experience you have, uh, I think the less, you can argue this either way, but to me, the more experienced you are and the more meets you've done, the more we go for those placings because, you know, PRs are going to happen and and records are going to happen over time. But, you know, you only, you only get to be, you know, the gold medalist, you know, that, that never goes away, I guess is what I'm saying. Like you don't, you don't lose the gold medal over time. You know, your PRs are going to change and your records are going to get broken, but you know, titles are forever. So 
um, the more experience you get, that's, that's what I prioritize. But again, everybody's a little bit different. So, you know, that's, that's a discussion that we had, um, you know, so I knew what he wanted to do as well. Um, and that's, I think that's important to make sure you have that talk ahead of time and know, especially when you're picking the numbers for somebody else, knowing what their goals and priorities are. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point. And the experience level, how many meet that's meets that person has done and, and how bad did they hitch it? You know, like sometimes if you really hitch it and you didn't get three, three out of three red lights, well, one of them might've been a gift. Yeah. And I, I think I, I purposely word these a little bit where you can kind of make up your own scenario a little bit of what, what happened. Um, you know, it usually in some of the comments in, in here is a lot of times if you're hitching, it's because it's a near max limit. So you're stupid to go up from there. Um, you know, I would also argue that if you're a brand new lifter that hasn't been training very long, like sometimes that's just how you deadlift. So, you know, are you going to go up and wait and fix it? Probably not. Um, you know, just some of those things. Um, some of the other comments, uh, this is one of my favorites. So in this scenario we needed because the, our competitor made their third deadlift of 260. Um, obviously we're deadlifting more, but they must've had a better squat or bench because they're totaling more than us. Uh, so um, Leo strength said, build, build a bigger bench. So you're not in this crappy situation. <laughs> I think bench that's my, more. that's, that's my favorite comment from all of the, all of the comments so far. Nice. Well, and sometimes hitching can be a balance issue, right? Yeah, it can be. So if you just kind of lost your balance and that's why the hitch happened, well, fix your balance, um, you know, concentrate on that and probably be fine. Yeah. So again, that's, that's one of those things like you kind of got to know exactly why you hitched, you know, and, and be honest with yourself. If it's, mm -hmm. you know, if it was a balance thing, okay, then maybe we, you know, we go ahead and go up. But if, um, if it's a actual, you know, strength issue and, you know, you know, you're at your limit, then, going up really isn't going to prove anything. You're just going to miss it badly. And, you know, look silly, look silly. Yeah. Nah, not going to look silly, but that's just people's heads talking. If they ever think they look silly. Yeah. But there you go. All right. So now we have some new lifter tips, hashtag new lifter tip. So uh, one of the tips is don't be afraid to talk to lifters and coaches that you look up to they are people too. Um, I would totally agree with that. I remember meeting Jen Thompson at my first meet and being able to talk to her and um, not fully knowing really where, who she was. I just, you know, she was a ref. And then, you know, somebody said, well, her bench is really big. So I just would talk to her up and that was kind of amazing. You know, and then years later, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've had a bunch of those, especially like through high school situations where, um, so I'm from Ohio originally. And, um, you know, when I was in high school, I was always watching, uh, you know, Louis Simmons and some of those guys with at Westside Barbell. And we were down at the Arnold and I saw Louis walking around and ba basically I, I stalked him for like the whole day. I was just following him around like 50 feet behind him just to kind of see who he was talking to and all those things. And then, uh, I ran into his wife, Doris and, um, basically I didn't know that it was Louie's wife at the time, but she just said she had a West side barbell shirt on or something like that. And I, I think I said something like, do you, have, have you met Louie? <laughs> she's like, 
yeah, he's my husband. I'm like, oh man, I've been wanting to like talk to him forever. And she's like, well then just go talk to him. Like he's just a guy, go talk to him. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I didn't at that meet, I still couldn't muster up the, the, the guts to do that. But eventually, um, uh, Jeremy Hartman and Caleb Williams and I all went down to Westside Barbell to work out and, you know, he just spent, you know, super down to earth guy, like spent a whole bunch of time with us. Um, didn't charge us a thing. Um, and it, it just kind of, that, that was the kind of the moment where I realized like, man, like some of these people we've been kind of putting on the pedestal, they're not, you know, they, they are all of that, but they're not so out of touch with the, the general person that you can't talk to them. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that was so, um, I've never themselves. Yeah, I've, I've never been. I've yeah. never been disappointed mm-hmm. meeting anybody that I've looked up to like that. Yeah, I agree. So awesome. knock on knock on wood. <laughs> um, so another tip would be know what a lot number is and what the lot number does. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So lot number is one of those things that you're going to see. You know, on your scorecard, it's going to be on the roster typically when you sign up for a meet um, as it gets closer. And then it's also going to be, um, you know, listed next to your name at the weigh-ins. And what what the lot number does, it actually has two purposes. The number one purpose is to determine the order of weigh-ins. So if you're the first lot, the lowest lot number, you're going to weigh in first. So you know, if you're like one of the last lot numbers, you're going to weigh in, you know, last. So knowing your lot number and how that plays in the order is going to be important because it's going to, I guess you need to know when to be there. Um, You know, if weigh in start at 7am and you're the very last lot number, yeah, you can probably show up at 7.15. If you're the very first lot number and you show up at 7.15, well, now you're bumped all the way to the end. So you're not going to get to weigh in until you know, everybody else gets to weigh in or at least until they get called. So, uh, you know, that's a small thing there, but it is important because you need to, you know, be aware of, of when you're going to be called to weigh in because they call everybody once. Um, and if you are not there when they call you, then you basically get to wait until everybody else has been called and weighed in. So, uh, the second thing is, that the lot number does. And we kind of talked about it already um, real briefly, but it determines the lifting order if two lifters are attempting the same weight in the same round. So for example, if Laura and I were both lifting and we're both on our second deadlifts and we're both attempting, you know, 150 kilos, the determining factor in who goes first is whoever has the lower lot number. So if Laura has a lot number of one and I have a lot number of two, Laura would deadlift 150 first and then I would deadlift 150. So that's what comes into play, especially when you're making your attempt changes, whether or not you can change to certain numbers when you're lowering it because you can't, you can't ever go down in weight and you can't ever go to the same weight that's already been loaded if you have a higher lot number than that lifter that just lifted that weight. So. Sounds a little complicated, but it's it's uh it's pretty simple and, and you can really make a lot smarter moves when you know what a lot number does. Absolutely. Yeah, especially when it comes down to deadlifts, it it, it can matter. Yeah, for sure. Um and even just knowing like, you know, if, if three people are doing the same weight, just knowing, okay, well, I'm the third one to go out of those three, just in terms of getting ready to go do your lift too. Mm-hmm. Um so timing wise. And most of that's on going to be on a scoreboard and stuff, but you know, if not, 
you know, it's good to know, you know, it's, it's good to be able to do math without a calculator. It's good to know the lifting order without reading a display, you know, so yeah, well, stuff like that. Math without a calculator. Yeah. I just made up two scenarios that I can't do. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. So, uh, uh, sad, sadly we have finished the list of Josh Rohr's favorite power ballads. Um, so we're going to start a new segment here and we're going to let Laura have some fun now. So we're going to go with Laura's top five lifting songs. So what do you got for us at number five? Number five. So I like some songs that kind of are a little bit more on the um, heavy metal type side. Um, so I'm not, I'm not always stuck in the eighties um, like Joshua. And uh, some harder songs. So when you're putting on gear and you're kind of like putting your head down and kind of just um, getting your head right and getting in there um, would probably grace my top five. So number five is Blind by Korn. Um, It has a really great kind of um, slow opening and then it kind of starts screaming, are you ready? And uh, that will get you amped up. So I think... I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm drawing a little bit from my like, you know, eighties, but I, I don't like it just going full, full blast right off the bat. I like that slow buildup or not even slow buildup, but just kind of like it, it, I don't know. It, 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 it helps you build as the song builds, I think. So it kind of gets you into that, that mindset. So I actually, yeah, I do like this song. Um, of course, I'm never going to admit that I like anything other than 80s, but um, this is one that I do like. Well, I'm, I'm so proud then. <laughs> I picked something you like. I do have uh, one that's in my top five that is um, from the 80s, but we're not going to do that Excellent. today. Uh, so. You're keeping ah. us, you're keep uh, dangling it like a carrot. Dangling. So, so we're going to do I have a, one that's I, probably from the 70s. So are we, oh man. Unexpected. So are we doing one a week? Is that what we're going to do? One a week. This All is right. Top, this is the number f- that was number, number five. five. So Corn, number f- number line. five being your favorite or number five being number, number one five being, your being you know, the building. Number one being the, the quintessential. When I go to meet, I have to have this song. Have to, have to, have to, have to. Have Got to. it. All right. So it's only going to get better from here. Yes. Well, we'll see. <laughs> just like just like the podcast it should have been getting better since episode one right but uh well we're We're getting better i'm having fun that's all that matters i don't know if you're nerdy getting nerdy i'm having fun cool all right well that is song number five from laura's top five lifting songs we are going to call it a day but thank you guys for tuning in uh don't forget to dm us and follow us on instagram at pl ballads podcast or shoot us an email plballadspodcast.com. If you've got any questions, let us know. We'd be happy to talk about it. Until next time, later. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.